church. Welcome to episode three of our Lenten series, The Prayer. We are going week by week through the most famous prayer of all time, the most important prayer of all time, the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gives to us in Matthew chapter six. In episode one, we saw that Jesus tells us to begin by praying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name or to honor God, to adore God as our Father. Last week in episode two, we saw that our prayers are to be kingdom focused. We're to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And tonight, we see that we're also to pray for provision. As Jesus says, for daily bread. He says in verse 11, Matthew chapter six, give us this day our daily bread. As I was reading this passage this week and reading about bread, give us this day our daily bread, I thought about this past year how so many of you began to experiment with bread making. It was a huge trend, making bread, sourdough bread, cinnamon rolls, other types of bread, making it at home. Because during the lockdown in particular, we were forced to do something that we don't do a lot of, which is actually spend time in our homes. And we're home, don't know what to do, so many of us were, I'm going to try to make bread, sourdough bread and cinnamon rolls and all these different things, because we had the time, and we were working from home and doing everything there. And, and bread is interesting, because bread is something that is very common, but it's something that takes time. You have to be present. You have to be available. You have to set aside time to make bread. And here, Jesus, when he is preaching to the disciples and to the crowd that is gathered around him, and he tells them how to pray, he chooses to speak about provision or coming to God with requests and petitions by using bread. Now, Certainly, Jesus used this because it's very common, very familiar to the people around him. But Jesus never uses a word by happenstance, very deliberate with every word that Jesus uses. The arrangement of everything that he says is purposeful because he's speaking the very word of God because he is God himself in the flesh. And so he says that we're to pray, give us this day our daily Bread And those that are listening to Jesus would have connected immediately with that because bread was a staple of their diet. They would have eaten bread every single day of their life. And almost every single person knew how to make bread. You see, whether you were rich or poor, man or woman, Jew or Gentile, non-Jew, everybody ate bread. Meat was something that was luxurious. And oftentimes only the rich could afford because it was hard to store. But bread was a staple. It was commonplace. People would wake up in the morning and they would bake their daily bread. It takes time. If you experimented with bread baking in this past year and maybe you've kept on, you know that there's no microwavable option to bake bread. You have to knead it and prove it and knead it and bake it and let it rest I'm speaking as if I know I've never made bread and I never will because I know how much time it takes. But Jesus uses this deliberately. I believe he uses it to, to reveal to us 
how we are to pray. There's a lot of important words in this one sentence. Give us this day our daily bread. You see, our prayer life is to be like that of baking bread. We're to give time to it, attention to it. There is not a microwavable option for your prayer life. You have to be present. You have to set aside time. You see, nobody just spontaneously makes bread. You have to have the ingredients. You need to set aside that chunk of the day, especially if you're eating it as daily bread. You've got to start it in the morning. You've got to bake it so you have it for the rest of the day. You see, prayer requires time and presence. We are to prepare to pray daily. Now, one of the gifts that we have as believers in Christ is the opportunity to pray at any moment, at any second of any day. We can pray spontaneously because we have the Holy Spirit. God is near to us at all times. But we cannot only pray spontaneous prayers. We can pray spontaneous prayers, but we cannot only pray spontaneous prayers. You see, one of the things that I'm sure that you've experienced before, I know I have, is something that I like to call prayer drift. It's where oftentimes because you're praying spontaneously, it's, it's the end of the night, I've got to pray, or I've got to pray in the morning, or at some point in the day, something moves in you to pray. You, you haven't set aside the time. You haven't prepared for it. You haven't kind of brought yourself to be present before God in prayer. It's spontaneous, and so you start to pray, and at some point in the prayer, your mind goes somewhere else. You drift somewhere else. Have you had that happen? You're praying, and all of a sudden you're thinking about what you have to get at the grocery store, or the emails you need to answer, or that conversation you had with a friend, or what movie you're going to watch later. And, and, and while you're thinking something different, in the midst of a prayer, you snap to yourself and think, wait, I'm praying. I need to come back to pray. Or maybe you're praying at night and you just fall asleep. And you wake up in the morning and you're like, I think I prayed myself to sleep. Prayer drift. Now here's the thing. God's grace is big enough and covers all of our prayer drift. When we have spontaneous prayers, when we don't actually set aside the time and prepare to pray, but we come to before God and, and our mind goes somewhere else, God's grace covers that. But God commands us to actually prepare to pray, to set aside time, to be present, to come before Him, and as Jesus says here, to say, God, Give me this day my daily bread. Give us our daily bread. That provision that I am seeking. We're to prepare to pray for God's promised provision. You see, God's provision is provision. God's provision is provision. What do I mean by that? Vision is the ability to see. See what? See God's promised provision for you. To see God's promises. You see, God's provision is pro-vision. It requires and ask of you to have a vision to see God's promises given to you. As you pray daily, depending on Him for daily bread. For what you need for each and every day. If you look in the Old Testament... We see this with so many different people. God comes to them and He gives them a promise. 
that he will provide. And yet it's going to require of them vision to look ahead and to believe that God is in fact going to uphold his promise. And at times it feels as if God's promise is so far off and unrealistic and yet they're called to hold fast to faith, consistent in prayer. They have a vision for God's promise given for them. Look at Abraham. Abraham is promised by God to be the father of many nations. And yet he is old and his wife is barren. And yet God's provision for him is provision. Is have a vision for God's promise that he will in fact provide what seems certainly miraculous to Abraham. You look at Moses. God tells Moses that he is going to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. Who is Moses? He's an outcast. He has no power and authority over Pharaoh, and he has a speech issue. And yet, he's to have vision to hold fast to God's promise for him. David is anointed king as a teenager. He is the youngest brother, certainly not the one customarily to receive that anointing. And then when he is anointed king, after a few years, King Saul hunts him to kill him for over a decade of his life. And yet he is to believe God's promises will be provided. Queen Esther is told that she will deliver and save God's people. But what kind of power and influence does she have over the king? In fact, when she receives that promise, she and the king are at odds with one another. And yet she's to have vision, active faith, and deep prayer that God will in fact provide what he has promise. God's provision is provision. Vision to see God's promises that will be provided. And what is required of you is the same thing that was required of Abraham and Moses and David and Esther and on and on and on is active faith and deep prayer. Daily prayer. Active faith. You see, it's not as if God came to Abraham and Moses and David and Queen Esther and many more and gave these promises to them that he would provide and then they just sat there. No, they had to be active in faith. They were walking towards those promises. They were not passive. They believed that God would provide and they were moving in that direction to see God bring that into their lives, to bring it to fruition. They had active faith faith even when it was difficult even when it felt hopeless even when they were questioning God what are you doing they stayed true and held to faith in God's promise they had a vision to see that they lived out their faith actively and they had daily prayer now it would have been customary for them as people of God to spend time daily with God in prayer in particular in morning and evening. But it wasn't just about daily prayer, but it was about set aside deep prayer where daily coming before God, giving God your attention, being present, not microwavable spontaneous prayers only, but setting aside that time. We see this very clearly with King David. Most of the book of Psalms are his prayers his songs 
that he prayed to the Lord. Oftentimes, in the midst of hiding out from King Saul coming at him, trying to hold fast with active faith to that vision, to that promise that God gave him that he would provide, and so he is daily depending on God in prayer. You see, God's provision is provision for you to see God's promises that will be provided to you. And what is asked of you in the moment right now is active faith and daily prayer. Active faith and daily prayer. You see, one of the other interesting things about bread is that not only does it take time, not only do you have to be present, but that also bread goes stale. It doesn't last forever. We've all had that happen. And we wanted to make a sandwich, a quesadilla, we go to the cupboard, we get out the bread, and we pull it out, and we're like, whoa, this is not good anymore. It's either rock solid or has mold on it. It goes bad over time. See, Jesus here says that we're to pray for daily bread, not all the bread. There's a big difference between that. Jesus says, pray for daily bread, not all the bread. Now, if you're like me, you like to get things done. And oftentimes, to get things done in as short of conversations as possible. So have the conversations necessary to get everybody on the same page, and then let's go get that done. And so what happens, maybe for people like you, people like me, is that we'll go to God with these large prayers, praying for all the bread, praying for every provision, praying for everything, and then we'll wait a few weeks, go back again, for another large prayer. I call this Costco prayers. We go to God in prayer like we go to Costco. Go one time, every few weeks, load up with everything you need, take it home, go back when you need to. So some, some of us will go to God in prayer, will large prayers, we'll ask for all the bread, provide for all the bread, everything we're thinking, maybe we have a bullet list, we'll do everything, we'll get it out there, and then we'll go back to our daily lives, and if we see no movement in our lives, or if we're aware again of those provisions that we seek and those desires that we have, we'll go back to God for another Costco prayer. Jesus says to pray for daily bread, not all the bread. See, we are to be people of daily dependence. And that word is important. If you have your Bible at home, you can just underline the word daily bread. Daily dependence. Praying each and every day for those desires, for those needs, for those things that we want to see God provide. Those promises that we're clinging to in our lives. Because listen, tomorrow's bread is not available today. Tomorrow's bread is not available today. Today's bread is available today, not tomorrow's. See, in the Old Testament, we see this with God's people when he rescues them from Egypt and they are wandering in the wilderness. They're wandering in the wilderness and there is no food available. And so God provides for them. He has promised to take care of them and he always comes through on his promises And he provides in a very unique way. Every morning when they wake up, there is manna, bread, that has fallen from heaven and is on the ground. And so they can collect 
all this bread and eat it throughout the day, and it will be more than enough for them so that they go to bed full. But they can't store it overnight. The only day that they can store the bread is on the Sabbath. Every other day, if they try to store that daily bread, that daily manna, when they wake up in the morning, it will be covered in worms, and it will be moldy and smelly and stale. I'm sure there was a few times where they thought, listen, we're, we're nervous that God's not going to provide tomorrow what we need, so let's see, maybe we can like erect a basket that's airtight and, and hopefully the bread will stay and they open up the basket in the morning and there's worms on it. You see, the people of God in the wilderness had to get used to going to bed with full stomachs and empty cupboards. They had to rely upon God daily. Waking up in the morning before they walked out of that tent saying, God, did you provide what you promised today? And every day they came out, they saw exactly what they needed to sustain them. Had to be some adjustment. Going to bed, full bellies and empty cupboards. You see, tomorrow's bread not being available today is actually God's grace to us. So how, how is that? Tomorrow's bread not being available today is God's grace to you. Here's why. You may be in a situation right now in your career or in your job that is tolerable. You don't love it. You're not where you want to be. It's okay for the time being, but you're thinking about how to move forward. You're thinking about what is next. But as you begin to think about your career in the future, if there's no forward progress, or if you don't get that promotion, or if you don't, you're not able to transition to that other company, and you're stuck where you are, that's terrifying. To think about whether or not what you desire to be provided will in fact be provided. And if it won't, it's terrifying. Some of you right now are in a position where you're single, and it's okay, but to think about being single for a lifetime keeps you up at night. That's a heavy thing to consider, a scary thing to consider. Certainly not what you desire, what you believe that God has promised and what you want Him to provide. Some of you are in relationships right now and friendships where there's some conflict and some tension and it's not where you want it to be. Maybe you're not the father you want to be or the mother you want to be or the spouse you want to be or the friend you want to be. And you know there's room to grow. And if you were to kind of play that out and you were to imagine that this relationship will not actually get any better but will stay the way that it is, it's heartbreaking. Some of you are in a place right now with your mental health where you're in a good space, but you came out of a valley and right now you're on a stable mountaintop and you're afraid of when the next valley is going to come. And you've been going through this roller coaster with your mental health for some time. And, and to kind of play that forward and to think, is this how it's going to be for 10 or 20 or 30 years? Am I going to find no victory and no stability over some of the anxiety and the fear and the worry and the, the depression that I'm facing? And to think about those things, 
is a heavy weight to bear. You see, the reason that this is God's grace to us, that tomorrow's bread is not available today, is because it reminds us that God gives us grace one day at a time. One day at a time. And you are not capable or nor do you have the courage to control and to consider the future that you have no other control over. For you to, to hold to hoping that you will be provided all of these things in the future and to consider that each and every day and to long for the bread of tomorrow that is not available today will only tear you up. You and me don't have the courage for that. We don't have the capacity for that. But Jesus tells us that we're to go to Him in prayer. We're to go to our Father in prayer each and every day. Every day. For what we need to sustain us. For those 24 hours. God's grace is day by day to us. Jesus is saying that God your Father is inviting you to come to the table each and every day in prayer, to set aside time to be present and to pray for provision, for daily bread, and that God promises to provide you exactly what you need. That there is fresh bread each and every day. When you wake up in the morning and you come out of that metaphorical tent, there is bread from heaven for you. When you come to Him in prayer. And it requires your presence requires you pulling up a seat to the table. You see, you going every single day to God in prayer and saying, God, give me this day my daily bread is you asserting your rights as a child of God. You may think to yourself, man, I don't even want to consider some of these things I'm struggling with and some of these things that I want to be provided in my career or, or in my romantic life, or in my relationships, or with my mental health, or with my financial situation. I don't even want to consider the future. I'm terrified. That's what, it's, what I desire is not going to be provided. That I'm going to be stuck here. Well, you don't have to fear that, and you shouldn't. Because God meets your needs day by day. Grace each and every day. Prayer by prayer, God meets your needs. He promises to provide for you daily. Not you just pray Costco prayers and wait and then all of a sudden it comes up. No, each and every day, God provides. C.S. Lewis, the author and theologian has a great quote on this very idea. He says this, it is seldom the present and the actual that is intolerable. Remember, one is given the strength to bear what happens, but not the 101 different things that might happen. God gives you the strength to bear what happens today. He gives you the ability to move through your day today. He gives you the bread you need for each day, grace you need for each day, because tomorrow's bread is not available today. But today's bread that God gives to you as you come to Him in prayer 
He provides what is needed. It's as if God is asking you each day when you come to Him, do you trust that I will give you what you need for today? Will you surrender your heart to me today? Will you allow me to provide for you today? Will you go to bed full of faith, full of hope, knowing that there are empty shelves in your cupboard, there are things that you desire for God to provide, and yet as you go to bed full of faith and full of hope, you wake up in the morning and you come out of that tent and you say, God, I know you're going to provide for me today. Day by day, it's not going to happen in a flash. It's not going to happen overnight. But those things that I've been asking from you and those things that I seek that you provide, I want to have vision to see that. I want to have active faith. I want to be daily in prayer. I want to set aside time. I want to come before you and I want to see you meet my needs day by day. You may be thinking, well, can I pray future prayers? If, If I'm supposed to go to God and just be content with daily bread, and not yearn for tomorrow's bread that isn't available today. Can I pray for future things? Of course. So many of our requests and our petitions to God are things that we want to see happen in the future in our lives, or there are future fears that we have. See, the question is not whether or not you should pray for future things. The question is how. How should you pray for future things daily? We pray for the future daily. You pray for the future daily. Not Costco prayers. Daily prayers. Because tomorrow's bread isn't available today. But God gives you exactly what you need for today. You may be hearing this and you may be thinking, I know that I need to get disciplined in my prayer life. I need to set aside time in the morning to wake up, to come before God, to be present, to ask for daily bread, to trust and have vision that God is going to keep his promises, and today I'm going to have active faith and see God meet my needs day by day. And I will see in time that he has never failed me. But he actually provided The things promised day by day. Some of you may be recognizing, as I said, that you need discipline. But for many of us, the very thing that keeps us from coming before God and requesting of Him, petitioning, asking for Him to provide, claiming God's promises, setting aside time, The thing that keeps us from that is not discipline. It's shame. We pray prayers of shame. It's as if we go to God in prayer, and as we're praying to God, we're beating ourselves up. God, thank you for everything you've done. I'm horrible. I messed up again. I did that again. I felt that temptation again. I know. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to get better. I promise this is the last time. Thank you for everything you've given me. I can't believe that you've been so good to me because I'm horrible. Constantly beating ourselves up and then maybe if we have the courage because we've beat ourselves up enough before God, we can ask a few things. Prayers of shame. Why do we pray like this? Well, 
for some of us, we had very demanding parents where no matter what we did, it was never good enough. And if we ever made mistakes, there's no way we could even imagine approaching our father or our mother with any type of request. We had to bear the consequence of that action. We had to pay that penance. And then once things smoothed over, maybe then we could have a request for something. But not when we make mistakes. Some of us work for supervisors or bosses that we are terrified to fail in front of because we know the judgment and the consequences for failure. And we could never imagine asking for a promotion to our boss when we just messed up. Some of us are in relationships, romantic or friendships, where it feels oftentimes like love is earned. And if there's a conflict or an issue or a mistake made in the relationship, there's a cold shoulder or there's hostility. And so we ascribe these things to God in our prayer life. We're so used to this cause and effect relationship, and so sometimes we go to God in prayer and we beat ourselves up. We pray prayers of shame, and and if we can shame ourselves enough, then maybe God will listen to some of our requests. But I want you to look at the trajectory of this prayer. Remember I said at the very beginning that Jesus makes zero mistakes with his words or with the way that he says something, the way that he structures it. He gives us the trajectory of the prayer. He says first, adore God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Secondly, pray pray for your focus to be realigned, to have a kingdom focus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Third, Jesus says, petition God for provision. Go to God and say, God, give us this day our daily bread. Provide. And then fourth, as we'll see next week, he says to pray for forgiveness, to confess your sin. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins. Do you notice that trajectory? Jesus is saying that you are to ask before you confess. You're to ask for daily bread, for provision, petition God before you confess. Now I want you to think about something real quick. I want you to think about making a big mistake, falling into that temptation again, doing something that you know is a very deliberate sin in your life, that you know that you need to confess before God. And I want you to imagine going before God and asking Him to provide for you before you confess. For many of us, we've never prayed that way. Some of us have heard the acronym ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. And so we kind of follow that. We adore God. God, you're so great. Thank you for this day. We confess. God, I'm horrible. I messed up again. Will you please help me? Then we thank God. Thank you, God, for everything you've already given me. And then we come to God with supplication, with requests. Okay, God, you know, if it's your will, here's some things I'm praying for. I desire some provision. But that's not Jesus' prescription. 
Jesus says to ask before you confess. Ask before you confess. Why would Jesus say that? Because prayer establishes the gospel in your heart. It establishes the good news of the gospel in your heart. You see, grace is a very difficult concept to understand. It's really hard to cling to. Unmerited favor, unearned love, that God loves us in our unlovable condition. We're much more used to that cause and effect relationship. Grace. It's difficult to understand. And yet Jesus says to us that we are to ask before we confess. Because regardless of your sin, despite what you have done, your Father who loves you, who is good to you, and you are His child through faith in Christ, invites you to His table every morning to partake of the bread that he's prepared for you. You can ask before you confess. It is like this. It is like wake up in the morning and going to God in prayer and adoring God for who he is and asking God to realign your focus so that you would be about his kingdom and then asking God for the bread that he has made for you that day before you pull God aside and say, hey, by the way, last night I snuck out, stole the car, and went to a party. I'm really sorry. You ask before you confess. Because the good news of the gospel is that God's grace is big enough to cover each and every sin and every mistake and every brokenness within you and that God invites you to come to Him seeking provision, asking for daily bread before you confess. The Apostle Paul struggled with this too. He speaks about how he was praying to God to remove the thorn in his flesh, the sin, the struggle that he had in his life. He said, I was going three times fervently before God. And God responds to him and says this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God comes to Paul and says, Paul, you don't understand. My grace is sufficient for you, even in your weakness. In fact, in your weakness, as you're relying upon me, the power of Christ rests upon you. That his power is made perfect in you. The Apostle Paul hears this and he responds and he says this, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, the Apostle Paul isn't saying the things I struggle with and the sin, the thorn in my flesh doesn't matter. He's not accepting it. He's saying, I'm going to boast in my weakness. This is who I am. This is what I struggle with. And God hasn't removed this from me. And it is difficult, but you know what? God's grace covers it. God's grace is sufficient for all of my weakness. And when I accept that reality that I have a God who loves me, that actually asks me to confess or to ask of him before I confess, I see the power of Christ rest upon me. It's not about me earning God. 
and his love and his affection so that then I can ask of God. No, I, actually, I can ask of God before I confess because his grace is sufficient for me. So I'm going to boast in my weakness. I am broken so that the power of Christ may rest upon me because God's grace is revealed in me. You see, church, when you see that the grace of God is sufficient for all of your weaknesses, for every broken thing in you, it covers you, that you have no shame, there's no condemnation in Christ, then Christ and His power rest upon you. And you will see that you can actually ask of God before you confess. Yes, confession is important, but you can come to your Father who loves you each and every morning, even if it's been a rough season, and ask for the daily bread that He will provide you to satisfy your needs. I was thinking, after Paul had this experience with God, do you think his prayer life changed? I know it changed. Because the Apostle Paul says this in the book of Romans. He says, everyone who believes in him, that is Jesus, will not be put to shame. Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. You know what that means? That means you should not put yourself to shame when you pray to God. God doesn't put you to shame because of Christ. So don't put yourself to shame when you come to God in prayer. You can ask before you confess. Because you are not covered in shame. You are covered in grace. And the power of Christ rests upon you. So you can come boldly before God in prayer. You are welcome to God's table of provision despite your need for confession. Did you hear that? You are welcome to God's table of provision despite your need for confession. You see, prayer, daily prayer, establishes the gospel in your heart. The good news that because of Jesus Christ, faith in Him, you are not covered in shame, but grace. See, church, I want to close by encouraging you with this truth. God not only promises to provide daily bread, but He has already provided living bread. He promises daily bread, grace day by day. He will meet your needs prayer by prayer but He has already given you living bread. Tomorrow's bread is not available today, but the bread of life, the bread of heaven, living manna is. Jesus says this in John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. See, we hear this and we think, well, Jesus is speaking about when you come to him in faith, when you believe in faith in Jesus as your Savior and your Lord and you surrender your life to Christ, you experience Jesus as the bread of life and now your soul will no longer hunger. Is Jesus speaking about that? Yes. But Jesus doesn't qualify this statement as only applying to the day that you come to faith in Christ or the moment that you realize that you do in fact believe in Christ. He says, anyone who comes to me, 
So when you pray and you come to Jesus each and every day, what does he say will happen? You won't go hungry. Because you have the living bread already supplied for you. You see, you may struggle with setting aside time to pray and being present to God in prayer. You may struggle with yearning for the bread of tomorrow for today. You may struggle with shame. But God is asking you, Jesus is commanding you in this prayer to trust that God will give you the bread that you ask for because He's already supplied you the bread you need. God will give you the bread that you ask for because He's already given you the bread you need. He's already given you the living bread, the living manna, Jesus Christ Himself. You already have everything you need in Him. Why would you doubt that God's promises will be provided to you? Why would you not have provision to look ahead and say, I can live with active faith. I can go to God with daily prayer. I can set aside time and be present. I can actually go to God and ask before I confess because I know that Jesus' grace and God's grace is sufficient for me. That the power of Christ rests upon me. The living bread is within me. I'm going to go, as the book of Hebrews said, to the throne of grace for help in my time of need, and I know that I can go boldly and confidently because I am not put to shame. That is how you pray, and that is why you're to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. I pray, church, that this is how you would begin to pray tomorrow morning. Trusting that God will meet your needs day by day because he's already supplied you the bread you need in Christ. And if you're hearing that, you may think, I've never felt that satisfaction of my soul. I have a hunger, a spiritual hunger within me that has not been satisfied. The Apostle Paul says it. Anyone that believes in Christ will not be put to shame. And Jesus says, if you come to him in faith, you won't go hungry. I want to invite you to do that. To come to Jesus today. Maybe you want to pray with me because you've been distant from Jesus and you want to see him satisfy your soul and to fill you up. Or maybe today you're coming for the first time. He invites you to believe in his life, his death, and his resurrection and to see him as a living bread that satisfies all that you need. So if that's you, Will you pray with me? Wherever you are, close your eyes and pray this prayer with me. God, I want to thank you for who you are. That you have given promises to me even though I struggle to see them. I want to pray that your kingdom would come on this earth, as it is in heaven. Help me to know how to be part of that. And Jesus, I want to invite you to be the bread of life for me. I want to come to you in faith. 
afresh today or for the first time, would you satisfy that hunger of my soul? Would you help me to experience even now that I am not put to shame, but I am loved? That there is grace to me because of what you have done. Restore me. Give me vision to trust you, God. Give me daily dependence. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.